In this podcast episode, I am giving you an inside look at my business model, why I created it the way I did, and why it is working so well. Yes, it involves working from home. It involves my team working from home. We do it all very successfully, and it has been successful for five years. I know a lot of people, because of the coronavirus, are working from home. And I hope it's something that people continue to do after we get back to normal because I believe you can be a lot more productive at home. And as business owners, you can save a lot more money by working at home. And I'm going to tell you all about how I'm doing it in this episode of Become a Media Maven. Ever wonder how some people seem to get all the media coverage, but you don't? Go behind the scenes with a TV reporter, national on-air host, and news contributor who has interviewed celebrities, took you inside the Versace mansion, and even stood on a chair to interview basketball legend Alonzo Mourning. Get ready, because Become a Media Maven is the podcast where Christina Nicholson is sharing secrets from her years in front of the camera, in the editing booth, and now behind the podcast mic. Welcome to episode 79 of the Become a Media Maven podcast. I am recording this in my closet because I have some little ones um, that are attempting some kind of version of homeschool. And I know a lot of people are working from home right now. I consider myself a bit of a work from home expert just because I've been doing it for a long time, pre-coronavirus. Um, it's actually the business model that I wanted. I hated, and if you've listened to my podcast before, I have mentioned it. I hated spending so much time commuting to an office to sit in front of a computer all day when I had a computer with Wi-Fi at home. I hated spending time to get ready to go out in public and go into an office where I would see people, not necessarily interact with people, right? Because I don't know about you, but my last job, uh, we, I don't want to say we weren't allowed to interact, but I guess it was frowned upon. Like you're supposed to go in there, go to your desk and work. Like there was really no um, reason for a lot of chit chat between coworkers. Um, So again, another reason why it just drove me crazy to spend 45 minutes to an hour commuting in the morning, and then the same in the evening. So one of many reasons why I work from home. I'm actually going to get into that. Not just why you should work from home. And again, I'm speaking outside of the coronavirus. Um, When this is all said and done, I hope a lot of business owners have opened up their minds to the fact that, hey, people can get stuff done from home. They don't need to be in an office. You don't need to be a babysitter. You need to be a boss. And how you can work from home successfully. So I recently wrote an article in Boss Babe, um, which may or may not be published by the time this episode goes live. If it is, I will include it in the show notes. If it is not, when it is published, I will come back to the show notes and put the link there so you can check it out. Um, But let me tell you a little bit about my business model. Um, It works amazingly for me. I will never change it. And it works amazingly for my team. My business model is this. One, I run my business from home. And just to be clear, I do not have a home office. So I don't have like a room with a door that 
you can go in and shut. I do a lot of my work from the kitchen table, which ironically we don't really use a lot. We sit at the island where I have stools at the island um, when we eat. But anyway, um, I sit at the kitchen table and I work. Right now, because I have four other people in my house, I'm recording this podcast episode in my closet. Um, so I, I don't really care how things look. You know, if I'm doing a video for YouTube or recording some kind of content where you're going to see it, then I am in my family room, my living room, I don't know what you would call it, with my pretty built-in bookshelves behind me. It's a big, wide-open space because I don't have an office, but I like to work from home because I am very productive at home. I can start work whenever I want. I can end work whenever I want. Um, If I have a doctor's appointment, if my kids have some sort of issue, I can take a break in the middle of the day. I can take literally a three-minute break to put the laundry from the washer to the dryer. I mean, you just get so much done personally and professionally from home. And the whole reason I started my business was to have a flexible schedule. And that flexibility comes with working from home. Now, when I slowly started to build a team, I wanted to hire the best people. I didn't want to hire anybody just because they lived within a 15, 20 mile radius and were close to me. I wanted to hire people who were good at what they do. My business, I guess I have local clients here in South Florida, but I also have clients in other states in the country. And even my local clients that are based here in South Florida, um, the kind of publicity that we do for them and the kind of marketing that we do for them doesn't limit themselves to South Florida. They are getting coverage outside of South Florida. So it doesn't really matter where my team is. It doesn't matter where they're working from. So to limit myself to the best people just in South Florida is something that would really hurt my agency and it would really hurt my clients. And if I don't have an office, I don't need to worry about just hiring people who can commute to an office. Some of my best employees are in Connecticut. They're in Washington, D.C. They're on the West Coast in California. So another reason that I wanted to work from home and have my team work from home is so I could have the flexibility to hire whoever I wanted. And then I also wanted them to have flexibility as well. I just hate the thought of so many business owners treating employees like children who need to be babysat. If you are a business owner and you do not trust your employee to work from home, then why is that person even working for you? It just doesn't make any sense. Why would you hire somebody that you can't trust to do the job you're paying them to do? So all of my team, obviously I trust them. They do an amazing job. They can work from wherever they want, whenever they want. Again, we are not a brick and mortar store that has to unlock a door at 9 a.m. and then close it again at 6. You can get clients coverage on Saturday at 9 p.m. if that's when you want to do it. 
you can write an SEO-friendly blog post Monday morning at 7 a.m. from a coffee shop if that's where you want to do it. It really doesn't matter um, where you work or when you work as long as you're getting the job done. And this is another reason why I don't pay my team hourly. I pay some people hourly depending on their job. If they're new and they're doing something a little different from the rest of the team, I will start with something hourly until we build that trust and we have an understanding that they like what they're doing, that I like what they're doing, and then we move them to a project-based fee. Now, let me tell you why I don't like it when people get paid hourly. It's because you're rewarding them and paying them more to do a job slower. And it just doesn't make any sense. In my industry, we do a few things. But most of what we do is we get people publicity. We earn them exposure in the media. So say you want to get in your local newspaper for whatever it is you're doing. It doesn't matter to me. It doesn't matter to anybody who works at the local newspaper. And it doesn't matter to you if we spent one hour trying to get you in there, if we spent 10 hours trying to get you in there, or if we spent 100 hours trying to get you in there. At the end of the day, it's whether or not we get you in there. Yes, we keep track of the efforts. We keep track of who we're pitching, what we're pitching them with, if they're opening emails, what our follow-ups look like. We keep track of all of that. But at the end of the day, what matters is, did it happen or not? Did we get you media coverage or not? How long it took doesn't matter. I know people who have spent years trying to get a client in a media outlet. And then I know people who have done it in 15 minutes through a message on Facebook to a friend. So should you pay for that 15 minutes or should you pay for those years to get the coverage? Just, it doesn't make sense. The amount of hours you put into something doesn't make sense. The only time I think about it is if you are spending an ungodly amount of time to get something done and it's not working. Then we need to reevaluate, to put it blunt, how good you are at your job or how good of a fit you are with that client or how good of a fit you are in that niche. It just doesn't matter how long it takes you to do something as long as you're doing it. Um, I can give you another example. Just here in my house, I have a cleaning service that comes about once a month and I don't pay them hourly because when you pay them hourly, when you pay anybody hourly, it gives them an incentive to move slower and lollygag and take their time because they're going to get paid more the slower they go. And then on the flip side, something that just makes it all make no sense is that when you rush something, like when you place an order and you want it really quickly or you need something expedited, you usually have to spend more money to get it done quickly because it's going to take more resources to do it quickly. So it's like you're going to spend a lot of money to get something done quickly because they're dropping everything else to do it quickly, or you're going to spend a lot of money because you're paying people by the hour, which incentivizes them to move slower so they make more money. 
It just doesn't make sense. Again, if you're a brick and mortar and you open at nine and you close at six, I get it. You have to count the hours because you're opening and closing a store. But when it comes to a project where you have a goal and it doesn't matter to you how many hours are worked, it just matters whether or not the job is done, there's no need to count hours. So then how do I decide what to pay my team? I pay them a percentage of what the client pays me. And I should share at this point that I don't have any full-time employees. Some of them get paid as if they are a full-time employee, but I only hire independent contractors. And I do this for a couple of reasons. One is because I like that model. I think when you hire an independent contractor, they are more motivated and they are more dedicated to do a good job for you because they are their own boss. They are more motivated to grow themselves personally and grow themselves professionally. When I worked in corporate America at TV stations, I saw people come in and they would phone it in. They would half-ass everything that they would do because they were like, oh, I got this job, full-time job, I got my benefits, I'm good. It's so hard and so expensive for corporate America to hire people. And then when they fire them, they got to be really careful because of lawsuits and blah, 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 blah. So a lot of people in full-time jobs, they half-ass it and they phone it in. If you have a good work ethic, you should be a business owner or you should be an independent contractor. I am telling you that right now because it is so much more rewarding and you have the opportunity to make so much more money. And if you have a good work ethic, don't waste it on somebody who doesn't care about you. Don't waste it on a company where you are just a number and it is your job to make them money. So my team does not get paid a salary as they would if they worked in corporate America. They get paid a percentage of what the client pays. So some of it goes to um, that team member, some of it goes to me as the business owner, and then the other part goes back into my business for people who aren't doing client work. So like my um, director of operations, my director of growth, for things like G Suite, the software that we use, things that keep my business running, those business expenses. Um, And this also incentivizes my team to do a good job because if I give you a client, say you're getting paid $1,000 a month for that client and you do a really good job, I'm gonna give you another client and I'm gonna give you $2,000 a month for those two clients. And then if you continue to kick ass, you're gonna get another one and you're gonna make more money. And this is what you do not see in corporate America. I remember when I worked at a PR agency, whether or not I had one client or whether or not I had six clients, I was getting paid the exact same amount of money. I was doing completely different levels of work from one client to six clients, but I was getting paid the same amount of money. The business owner was making a lot more because he had more clients. I was doing a lot more work, but my pay wasn't changing. So having this business model where I hire independent contractors and I pay them based on what the client pays me gives them more money in their pocket and it also gives me more money in my pocket and it takes the pressure off of me. 
I do not want to be responsible for other people's livelihood. For example, lots of people lost business when things shut down because of the coronavirus. I have two restaurant clients. I had another client that they sell wholesale to a lot of brick and mortar stores. Um, And it was a tough time and you don't want to I personally don't want to force people to pay into a contract and abide by a contract that we agreed on if they're really struggling. And some people are struggling. Some people are not. Um, some business is booming right now. I, I have a client who has said that they've done more business in these past few weeks than they did during the holiday season because everybody is online right now everybody is online and people are shopping online and people, um, are, are consuming more content, whether it be on TV, um, or online because that's how people are passing the time. So I know who's doing well. I know who's not doing well. And it helps me pay my people accordingly because they are independent contractors And they're getting a percentage of what a client pays. And these independent contractors, I help them get other gigs too. Because I want them to be successful. I want them to make a lot of money. So if I see something that's a fit for them, I send it their way. Um, And that's the beauty of having independent contractors is that they have a big network. And they're always learning and doing more things. They're not um, complacent in a full-time job where they can just go to work and phone it in and they feel safe. And I think we've learned, I've been saying it for years, but I think we've learned now that full-time jobs do not mean you're safe. Everybody thinks it's so risky to start your own business. They think it's so risky to be a freelancer or an independent contractor. And I think this has just proven that it is so easy for somebody to let go of you. You have to be in control of how much money you're making and how you're making that money. Um, so that's just yet another reason why I like my business model. Um, and I think I've covered just about every reason why I prefer to work from home, why I have a team that works from home and why I have the business model that I have with no full-time employees. Um, so how do I make it work, right? That's all of my whys. How do I make it work and how do I make sure we're all successful? Well, internally we do a few things. I have a director of operations who sends out an email every Monday goes over everything with the team. These are your clients. These are your client goals. This is what we're tracking for the month. We set our goals each month for the clients. So every Monday we get a little reminder. The whole team is on the email so we can all help each other out. We can see what other people are doing. And if we can help each other out, we do. And then every Thursday, my director of operations sends an email to the team and she says, hey, we're going to send our client their weekly updates tomorrow. Um, let's all look at them. Let's all brainstorm. Let's all see, you know, what's going on, um, before we send this and see what we can add and what we can do, um, before we send the weekly update on Friday. And then throughout the week, you know, we're talking off and on about things that pop up and things that we're doing. Um, and then once a month, we kind of do the same thing, but we do it face to face over a zoom call. So we'll all meet on zoom. We'll all see each other. And we'll say, okay, this is my client. This is what we're doing. This is what's working. This is what's not working. This is what we need help with. Um, And it's funny because I think that's more communication (laughs) and more teamwork than a lot of 
corporate companies have when they actually work in person together. Um, so that's one way that we do it successfully as a team together. Me personally, I tell my team that they can work whenever and wherever they want. But when it comes to client communication, keep it inside the traditional business hours, you know, Monday through Friday, nine to five, nine to six, because when you start sending emails at one in the morning, which I did have a team member at one point that that's when she worked, she was a night owl and she would work at one in the morning. Um, when clients see that you're emailing them at one in the morning, they may take advantage of that. They are also night owls and they will expect you to always be there at one in the morning. Same with the weekend. If you're working on the weekends and you're sending emails to the clients on the weekends, maybe that's when they work and they're always going to expect you to be available on the weekends. And I don't want my team members to feel like they have to do that just because that's when they choose to work that weekend or that night. So I do ask them to just keep that in mind. You can use the app Boomerang. That is something that I will um, also link to if you haven't heard of Boomerang. It's a great tool um, to send an email at a later date or to remind yourself to follow up. So like if you send me an email and you know you want me to respond, you can set it to come back to you in a week. And if I haven't responded within that week, it'll tell you, hey, she hasn't responded. So follow up with her now. So it's a great resource that I will link to in the show notes for this episode as well. Um, and then the team knows this, right? So if a team member is working on a weekend, they know that we work at different times and we choose our schedule. Um, so somebody may not get back to you until the weekday. Um, but we do have a policy of, you know, check your email during business hours, you know, every 24 to 48 hours. I have something in my signature that says I only check my email one to two times a day. Because if I have that inbox open and I'm seeing all of those notifications, I will get sucked into that and I will answer right away, which again, I don't like because I'm not at your beck and call. I got things to do. Um, and it's just so much more efficient and productive for me to check my email once or twice a day and bust everything out at once. Because just psychologically, and I'm not going to get into science because I'm not good at science, but I just know for a fact that when you're doing one thing and you get sidetracked to answer an, an email and you go back to that one thing, it does something to your brain and it just takes it longer to readjust to that task that you started with. So like I want to start something and I want to finish something and then I'll move on to the next thing. My days are very structured. Like my Google Calendar is color-coded and I have every 15 minutes accounted for. And that's how I'm so efficient and so productive. Obviously, after having the third child and him being home and now the whole freaking kitten caboodle is home and not in school, it's a little different. My schedule is all over the freaking place. But ideally, this is how you can work from home successfully. Okay, two more points that I talk about in this Boss Babe article that I can go into one is about communication. I am not a big phone person. I do not like talking on the phone. Um, I prefer email because email, if you tell me something on the phone, I'm going to tell you, you got to email me this. It's got to be my reminder. Or even, you know, if somebody tweets me something or sends me a Facebook message, I'll tell them, send me an email because I'm not going to remember. And email is the way I remember. The problem with email I guess the good thing and the bad thing with email is that there's no tone in email. You can't tell if I'm saying something like this or if I'm saying something like this. And the problem is <laughs> I can write something 
and I can say, that article was good, but it wasn't exactly what I was thinking. I could write it like that. Like that's how I'm thinking it in my mind. You could read it and you could read it like, yeah, well that article was good, but it was not what I was thinking. You could read it like that. And this is a problem that I honestly never even thought of just because I I don't take a lot personally. I don't get offended in email unless you're using all caps and 100 exclamation points. I don't read tone in email. But you could catch somebody on a bad day. Somebody could just have a defensive personality. They could read tone in email. So this is a problem that I have had a few times, not just with team members, but also with clients. Everybody has different communication styles. And so a new policy, newer policy at Media Maven is that if you are going to say anything or type anything, excuse me, type anything that could be perceived as negative, where we are giving any kind of constructive criticism, then we need to do it over a phone call or we need to do it over Voxer. Voxer is what my team uses to communicate when we're not emailing. Um, And it's like a walkie-talkie app. And I love it because you don't have to worry about playing phone tag. (laughs) You can literally just Vox somebody a message. You can record the message and they can listen to it. Um, when it's good for them, they can listen to it live in real time and you can just go back and forth and have a conversation almost like you are on the phone. Um, but you can hear tone in somebody's voice and it makes a huge difference. So that is how we handle communication when we are not in person face to face. Um, if it's anything that could be perceived as negative, we take it to Voxer or the phone Or depending on the person, if I know their personality and I know they're not going to get offended, if I tell them not to be offended, I will tell them, read this in a Minnie Mouse voice. Because if you don't read it in a Minnie Mouse voice, you could take it the wrong way. And the way I mean it is if you read it in a Minnie Mouse voice. (laughs) So that's that's just one way we handle communication. And um, it's been a learning lesson to me because, again, I don't get offended over email, but I know many people do. And this was even from back in the day. I remember doing the news in Fort Myers. And the way we type scripts is we type them in all caps. Like when we are in, it's either Dillette or I think it's iNews or whatever they use at different news stations, use different things. Everything's written in all caps. And so when I would go to an email to send an email to somebody, I would just stay in all caps. It's just a habit working in news. And I remember one time I sent an email to somebody in IT who does nothing, you know, with what happens on air or in the scripts. And he thought that I was like yelling at him and it was so rude. And it was like it turned into a thing that it didn't need to turn into. Um, and frankly, he didn't give a shit that we wrote the news, every, everything in the newsroom was written in all caps. He, he didn't care about that. Um, but it's just something to be mindful of because I was never mindful of this until like issues got, non-issues got blown out of proportion because people were reading tone that did not exist in emails. Okay. And finally, the last one, which I am working on, this is a work in progress, is when you work from home, it's very hard to clock in and clock out. Some people are very good at it. I am getting better at it. Um, There's a couple of reasons why it may be harder for me than the average person. And that is because my job also involves social media. Like I'm in marketing, I'm in earned media, I'm in, you know, the business of getting content out there. Um, And I 
treat myself as a client. I'm consistently posting on social media. I'm consistently, you know, posting articles in places like Boss Babe, where the idea for this podcast episode came from. So I schedule time to get on social media. And nine times out of 10, when I get on Twitter or Facebook or Instagram, I'm not scrolling. I'm getting on, I'm looking at my notifications, I'm responding to those, I'm acknowledging those, and then I'm getting off. However, that involves my phone. So when it comes to clocking in and clocking out, I would love to start work at nine and end work at six, if that's what I choose, whatever I choose for that day. I mean, I don't really like the traditional business hours. It doesn't matter for my industry. Um, But whatever I want to work that day. Um, It's hard because I always have my phone with me. The news never stops. So I have a hard time separating home from work. And it's not necessarily because of my space. I know a lot of people like a certain space to work. And that's their workspace. And then the rest is their home space. And they're off work. Um, That doesn't really bother me. Just because I usually work from my laptop. And when I'm not working, I don't have my laptop open. But my phone is what sucks me in when I don't want to work. Something that has helped me. And it, honest to God, was life-changing. I'm not being dramatic or exaggerating. (laughs) Was turning off the notifications on my social media, but especially on my email. Whenever I would see that red number on my email, I would be like, ooh, I wonder who's in there. I wonder what they're talking about. Um, You turn that off and you commit to checking your email one or two times a day. And honey, let me tell you, it will change your life. Um, Not only in corporate America, But if you are a freelancer, if you are your own boss, it will change your life. Listen, unless you are a doctor, which even if you are a doctor, if somebody is having an emergency, they're probably not going to email you. They can wait a few hours for you to check your inbox. Um, So that has helped me, um, I guess, clock in and clock out a little bit better. But you should be setting those home boundaries Um, When are you working? When are you not working? Where are you working? And where are you not working? So you're not always working. You don't feel like you're always on the clock. Again, I'm not the expert on this. If you are an expert on this, on clocking in and clocking out and putting your phone down and separating personal and professional business, um, let me know because I'd love to have you as a guest on the podcast and I'd love for you to share your tips. So reach out to me at Christina on day on Twitter or Instagram. Um, And we can get you on the podcast to talk about that. But um, again, this was just an article that I wrote in Boss Babe, mostly because the interest right now is because a lot of people are working from home. I hope this teaches bosses, hey, you don't have to babysit your employees. You can actually trust them to do their job from home. And if you can't, then you should fire them because nobody wants an employee that they can't trust. Um, So that is it, people. That is a look at inside not only my business model, but why I created it that way and how I make it all work. So thank you so much for listening and I will see you next week on another episode of Become a Media Maven.